Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. I am your host, Chaplain Tyler Eggleston. I hope everyone has been having an amazing and very blessed new year so far. I know that here in the Eggleston home, we have been blessed abundantly, and it has been an amazing start to the new year. So I hope that everyone's is the same, is full of Christ, full of blessings, and I, I pray that it is uh, started off amazing. I want to welcome back everyone on who is listening in live from the Wisdom app. I uh, got a very good response uh, two weeks ago when I did the, uh, the first live episode, so I'm glad that everyone is enjoying that, and uh, all the, uh, I've got plenty of questions to still answer on wisdom. I'm working on it. I don't know if it'll be today, uh, but working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. Please continue to send uh, your questions in. I love answering them and doing the best I can to show the world the light of Christ. Yeah, so before we jump into today's episode, um, I know that I had said a while back, right after we got back from Ecuador, that Amanda was pregnant with our first child. And on Thursday, sorry, I was drawing a blank. On Thursday, we found out the gender. Now, I'm not going to say it right now because we have not told our either side of the family yet. We'll be doing that this weekend. So, unfortunately, everyone who is listening will have to wait till the next episode to find out the gender of the baby. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I should have just waited, right? But leave you in a little cliffhanger and give you a reason to return. So, you know, my own little uh, selfish way of trying to get you to come back and listen. (laughs) So today I don't plan on, uh, I don't plan on this being a very long episode. Um, Just it's very simply just like the title faith without works is dead okay so all throughout my christian life um this has been a huge topic sometimes it can be controversial uh there's i've seen arguments just on and on and on and on and on about it and you know it comes from James chapter 2 starting in verse 14 where he says that faith without works is dead and we're going to we're going to dive into that here in a second but kind of to set the uh the uh the foundation of exactly what we're talking about here so yeah and I've I've seen recently you know there's plenty of back and forth and it doesn't seem like anyone truly understands the interpretation of James and James fourteen two fourteen and just all this back and forth because you know earlier on um I think it's in Ephesians, we're gonna read that too, where Paul talks about us being justified through about justified um by grace through faith alone. But then you come to James and it sounds like a contradictory and it is this is very much one of the topics that is heavily debated with um non-believers 
on the Bible contradicting itself. And usually how that goes, um, I have a friend, love him to death, uh, but he is self-proclaimed and a very hardcore atheist. And uh, one night we were smoking cigars and um, he had this like list of Bible verses that um, basically asking me like certain Bible verses, how is that applicable to life? Are we still, do Christians still believe that we should do this? I mean, the list went on and on. This was one of them, though an example used on the Bible contradicting itself from Paul saying that we are justified uh justified by great with by by faith through grace alone um and then coming to James where it says that faith without works is dead so um I'm not trying to add any more fuel to the fire I love all my Christian brothers and sisters to death um but this is also where the Catholic Church and some other churches and denominations get their justification that it is all work-based, 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 work-based. So, I wanted to clear the air for what I can, for what my opinion, what my word is worth, on what I believe that everything is clearly saying here. Because this is also a topic that me and my dad don't see eye to eye on. So nonetheless, let's jump right into it. It is it if you're following along with your with your Bible, it we're reading uh James chapter two, starting in verse fourteen, and we're gonna read all the way to verse twenty six. So here it says What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and dis and distribute of daily bread, and one of them and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now Real quick before we continue on, this is usually where the work-based faith that that this is usually where they stop right here to justify that you must have you must work you must have works in order to be saved that it isn't just by grace through faith alone but continuing on in verse eighteen. But some of you will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you know, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Adam our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do we see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? 
And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see, then, the man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rabbi the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So that is the prefla and the... That's where the, everything begins right there. That's where it all begins, the whole argument on being justified by faith or justified by works. And what is it? The Bible's contradicting itself. But what we must understand, what we have to get right, what we have to... And this is a big part of why it is important to study the scriptures, study the Bible. That it is by grace through faith alone that we are saved. Okay? It is not by your works as in, you know, the Catholic Church and their abundance of works, works, works. So, follow along with me here. I'm not trying to confuse anybody. If the, the best example to give is mine and my wife's ministry, Street Chaplains for Christ. We're an evangelistic street ministry. Okay, and I've talked about it on here before. We go to the homeless, we we drive around all around the Hampton Roads, Uh, we even go out of state to do it, so it's not just Hampton Roads, Uh, we're going to Charlotte next week, and we'll be doing evangelism down in Charlotte, North Carolina, Uh, we'll be up in D.C. next month, I'll be in Richmond, uh, not next week, but the following week, doing more evangelism, okay, so we don't just do it in the Hampton Roads, but nonetheless, what we do a Buddhist, an atheist, a humanitarian society, a VFW, a Legion Club. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Catholic Church can also go and simply feed the homeless. Now, what separates the light from the darkness here? We are not just simply going to feed the homeless. We are also evangelizing. We are bringing our faith with us in that work. Because that work would be dead. We would be doing nothing more than what an atheist, what the Catholic Church, what what anybody else can do. If we are not bringing our faith along in that work, then it's dead. It's a hollow work and... Sure, some can argue, well, at least you're feeding the homeless. But, in my eyes, what those people need, the people who are lost, is not food, not water, but they need Christ. Okay? So, that didn't really answer the question on why faith without works is dead, right? So, let's jump over to 
real quick, it's okay. So I was wrong. It wasn't Ephesians. That's my apologies. It's Galatians, uh, chapter five, starting in verse uh, twenty-two, going to verse twenty-six. Uh, but the fruit of the spirit. Oh wait, I got my scriptures back up. That's what it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we're still in Galatians. We're in Galatians five, starting in verse twenty-two, going through to verse twenty-six. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have been have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, this is the fruit of the Spirit. What we bear when we crucify the flesh and we accept Christ. So, breaking this down a little bit. Kindness and goodness. Okay, so if there isn't some form of work there, how can we show our kindness or our goodness? Our gentleness or our faithfulness? And even long-suffering? So, when we look at it in that context, that if those are the fruits of the Spirit that we share, that we show, that we bore as, as Christians, then we show the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In order to bear those things, there is some form of work being practiced there. Sorry, I was grabbing something out of my book bag. But, so we see that in order to, sh- to j- back to James, when it said, show me your, your faith without works. Well, how can you? So, if we are supposed to bear the fruit of Christ, bear the fruit of Christ and bear the fruit that we as Christians, once we call on the name of Christ, accept him as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, then we are called to not only stand apart from the darkness and to not look like the world, not be controlled by our flesh, that all takes an act of works. I'm going to see if I can find something right quick here. Yeah, so I was I was looking at my journal because I had done a little journal entry about this actually. So, and you know, this might be controversial. People might not agree with this, but this is also another way how I look at this verse when it says work without faith or or faith without works is dead. So repentance plus prayer that equals works. Studying the word of God plus prayer equals works. Working to know God deeper 
plus prayer equals work. Fasting without a di- with fasting without faith is a diet without, you know, praying. Reading the Bible without faith is reading. Faith without prayer causes spiritual sickness. Faith without reading God's word leads to not knowing the creator. Prayer is a work. Fasting is a work. Under the Bible, there is work which we are all commanded which we are all commanded for us to follow. Faith is to work. So, and that, that, that speaks true, right? And it's kind of funny saying that because I'm the one that's out of my journal. I'm the one who wrote it, right? But think about it. If you are, we are, we as followers of Christ, okay, we need to have daily devotion with God. And I'm not talking about a Charles Spurgeon or a Billy Graham or Franklin Graham devotional book. I'm talking about daily undivided time where we are sitting down, studying the God's, God's word and having prayer with him, having company with him. And we need to have dedicated time throughout our day when we do that. Now, for those of who who are listening who have fasted before and depending on where God has called you in fasting, but you know whether you're fasting from just breakfast or uh, you're only eating one meal a day and de- and depending on how long you feel called to fast for you and I both know that you have to, you, you are murdering your flesh, your pride, and you have to supplement that with something. Now, if you are not supplementing with only two things, with prayer and with the word of God, if you're not feeding off the word of God, and if you're not praying, then all you're doing is dieting. There is more work involved when you fast because you are that much more reliant through your hunger pains, through the headaches, through the sick feeling when you fast. And you have to supplement that. And if you're not supplementing that with the Word of God, if you're not feeding off the Word of God, and if you are not devoting even more time to prayer, then it is just a diet. So there is more work involved even when you're fasting. Now, let's look at the what what people would use as the counter argument. Okay, this is Paul talking in Ephesians. It's chapter 2 starting in verse 8, and we're going through to uh, verse 10. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, least, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, so when you don't read the that whole verse in full context, that's where you can have a counter-argument and try to say that the Bible is contradicting himself. But even still, we see Paul there saying in Ephesians, right there at the end of the verse, because usually when someone wants to say that, oh, well, it's justification by grace through faith alone, they usually stop there. But it's extremely important to read everything around it and not just butcher the Bible by taking it 
just little verses here and there and interpreting them and forming them into what you want that verse to mean. Because right here, created in Jesus Christ for good works. Okay, so to the lazy Christians out there who never bear any fruit of Christ, you're not out evangelizing. You're not, uh, some even not in churches, you don't tithe, and usually when they're confronted and talked to about it, they say, well, I'm justified by grace through faith alone, not by works. That is 100% correct. But we can't forget the, the own words spoken by Jesus Christ himself. So, just very simply, and we're not, there is so many more that we could go down, but... When Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's having and he's preaching and he says, "Go out to all the ends of the earth and preach the good news." So if I feel called to go to Haiti and preach the good news, that involves me saving money, that involves me studying and researching, that involves meetings, and then comes the trip and that involves a however many hour plane ride to Haiti, booking hotels. It's all works. It's all works. If I go there without faith, if I go there without showing the love of Christ, if I go there without evangelizing, without bringing the good news, that work isn't justified. In a non-believer's eyes, where... You know, you just did something good. Well, is that what we want to do as Christians? Do we just want to do something good in the eyes of the world? Or do we want to do something that brings a smile to the Father's face? Are we going and hoping and praying that we are going to lead people to Christ and preach the good news? Because I can tell you, like, when me and my wife went to Ecuador, there was a lot of work involved. ton of work involved. And the, all of our summer last year, even though the missions trip was not till uh, October, that entire summer was absolutely eaten alive with planning that missions trip to go to Ecuador. We were meeting with the missions team on weekends. We were having meetings after church. We were fundraising. And then it's just the personal side of it, too, where me and my wife are fasting, preparing for this trip to draw closer to God. We're studying God's Word. We're studying studying the culture in Ecuador, preparing our hearts and our minds and our worldly minds for this trip. But if it was not justified by faith, then the work was for nothing. Now, if you are a Christian monk and you go off and you 
devote every single day. Let's say someone was converted at 13 years old. And they went and locked themselves in a monastery. And that was all they did. They just sat in that monastery. And they never came out. They never went and evangelized and preached. How in the world can we show the love of Christ? How can we show the light of Christ? How can we defend the Christian faith against the darkness? So, there is contradictions all over that with either side of the argument. Whether you're on the side of saying, nope, it's only, it is only through faith. If you're doing those works without anything other on your mind than spreading the love of Christ, drawing those who are lost and not converted into a full devoted relationship with Christ, if you're doing all those things, if you're out street evangelizing, preaching, uh, pastoring a church, if you're doing all those things without faith in Christ, it isn't for anything. Now, if you're doing all those works without faith in Christ, it's not anything at all. Now, if you have that faith in Christ, but then you decide to reject so much of Christ's commands to go out and preach, to feed the homeless, to, to, to heal, to cast demons out, all those are works, and those can only be performed through faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. We contradict ourselves. There isn't a, a big lopsided argument here. They coexist and go hand in hand with each other. You cannot show your faith in Christ without works. Now, I will say this. When you become a Christian and you fully fully devote your life to Christ, and you give your, uh, your life to Him, you recognize Him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, there is a fire-burning passion inside of you that you want to let everybody know this saving grace, this amazing God. When the reality of death, heaven, and hell become real to you, it literally brings you to your knees in pain knowing that people are dying without knowing who Christ is. And a fire begins to build deeper and deeper and bigger and bigger and bigger inside of you. And you want to. That's a part of showing the fruit of Christ. You want to so badly to be involved in the bride of Christ. You want to. All you want to do is taught him. That's, you know, a part of the flesh dying when you accept Christ is, you know, you don't want foolish talk anymore. You don't want to waste time even on simple things. And, you know, that's a conversation that we can do another episode on. But you want to begin working not because you think you're justified through your works, not because you don't want to volunteer to go to Ecuador or open air preach or feed the homeless because you think you're justified through those works, but because the love of Christ is flowing through your every fiber of your being, 
that you want to show that love of Christ to those people who don't and have never experienced that love before, that don't know that freedom of their sins anymore. You want to work for Christ alone. And all these, from Ephesians to James, they coexist with each other. We want to show our Christ-born fruit. We want to show the transformation that God brought us through when He has saved us and when we have recognized Him as our Lord and Savior. We want to share our testimony. We read the Bible and it says to feed the sick, take care of the orphans and the widows, and we want to do that. We're compelled not because, oh, I need to have this long list of works because Jesus will be super proud of me. Because, you know, it also says not to boast in your works. That's why I'm very careful on certain things that I do share on the podcast that's going on with our ministry. Because it is not for my glory. It is only through the glory of Jesus Christ. And hand in hand, I'm also very careful on what I talk to people about who may not know the Blue Collar Chaplain podcast or might not be listeners. Because the podcast is not so that I can have an inbox full of emails and I can be glorified and my podcast can go viral and Joe Rogan can invite me on his podcast and the guys at Apologia Studios can invite me on their podcast. It's not for any other reason except to bring those who are lost into a full undivided relationship with Christ, a life fully submitted to Him. That is what everything that I do is to bring those who are lost closer to Christ. Street Chaplains for Christ Christ, and the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast, that is the only reason that these two ministries even exist. When I wrote Sexually Sick, it wasn't so that I could be a number one, a New York Times bestseller, and that I could have all these book deal offers. It was only to, speaking of Sexually Sick uh, specifically, that was only to show the way out of this vile addiction of pornography to those that, that Christ and his saving blood is what is your rescuer out of these addictions. And not just pornography, alcoholism. And people listening that are recovered from their alcoholism just as I am and drugs and have given their life to the Lord and None of their recovery worked except for when they gave their life to God and then all of a sudden their their flesh died and their spirit would literally not let them. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, literally brought pain to you to even go down that road in addiction anymore. The reason, when, when, when we work for Christ, it should be only for His glory. Not for our name, not for our name to be everywhere, not to have the biggest mega church, not to have a billion followers followers on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. It is not I, it's for Christ. So there isn't a contradiction in the Bible. When we have faith, we want to work. And if we work without faith, the work is dead. And if we have faith but never want to show the fruit of the Spirit, that work is dead. Or that our faith is dead. 
Christ is our example. Christ and Christ alone is our example. We never once see a commandment in the Bible to run off and hide in a cave and devote every single time in this foolish meditation Christian monk setting. We never once see God or Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit come on anybody and say, you're now a follower of me. I don't want you to tell anybody about it. I want you to go hide in a cave, hide in a castle, hide in your bedroom for the rest of your life until you die. We never see that. But we can look at people like Moses, the prophet Elijah, um, Isaiah, Jesus Christ himself. Those are the examples. Paul, Peter, John the Baptist, John the Evangelist. We can look at all these people. But even put all those people aside and look at Jesus Christ as our one true example. We should strive every day to be uh, an image bearer of Christ. You know, the Holy Word says to put on Christ every day. That will compel us to live closer in his footsteps. And when Jesus Christ came in human form, he did everything but rest. Jesus Christ set the perfect example for us that we should go out and we should minister to the poor. We should clothe the naked. We should feed the hungry. And when you come into a full a life fully devoted to Christ, you you want to, every fiber of your being wants to go and work for the glory and satisfaction of Christ Jesus and Him alone. And then there's a thirst and hunger in you that when God has so clearly called you to do something that you cannot feel that fire or that, that thirst uh, be quenched or that hunger filled until you go and do the work that God has called you to and at any moment that work is without faith that work is dead and any time your faith is not accompanied by works your faith is dead don't listen to all this internet crap and i'm not trying to sound hypocritical and you know this one youtuber says this this one youtuber says this that's that and the third look at the example that christ jesus in his holy word set for us Look at that example. Don't look at the example of internet celebrities and YouTubers and all that. Look at the example that Christ Jesus set for us. And strive every day. Wake up in your devotion time with Christ and ask him, Lord, help me please to put you on today. I don't want it to be my time anymore. I want it to be God's time. I don't want it to be my money anymore. I want it to be God's money. I want to live fully devoted in everything that he wants me to do. And that's what happens when a mind changes from worldly wants and fleshly wants and fleshly desires to things on the kingdom of God and what God wants us to do. So with all that being said, I hope I was able to add clarity to this topic. I pray that this has helped draw those who are lost closer to Christ. And I encourage every single one listening to go look at 
Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Look at what the fruit of the Spirit is. And that's the fruit that we should be bearing once we are Christians, once we're followers of Christ. And then go look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Read that. And then go to James. Go to James chapter 2 and read all the way through verses 14 all the way through to 26. And go and look at the example that Christ Jesus himself set for us. And let's strive every day as followers of Christ to live more closely to God. To live more closely in the image of Christ. Because that's what we are called. We are image bearers of Christ. And we must work to show the image of Christ. So with all that being said, we're going to go out and close this episode. I want to thank you guys all so much for all the support. All the questions, all the emails. I am so grateful and all glory be to God that I get to be just a small part in his bigger plan. I've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up for you guys through Street Chaplains for Christ and things like that. Can't wait to update you guys more on everything. Again, like I said, next week I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina for a day doing some evangelism out there. I would love everyone's. Uh, I'm also going to be in Richmond the following week. And next month we will be in Washington, D.C. I would just love everyone's continued prayer over the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast and over Street Chaplains for Christ. All glory be to God and all uh, eyes turn towards him. That is my prayer. I pray that God would continue to provide for us and I would I would love um, you to partner along inside, uh, alongside me and my wife in those continued prayers, that God would continue to provide donations, that we could go and bless others and lead them into a closer devotion with God. So with that being said, please continue to send all of your questions on the wisdom. Thank you Lord. Thank you to everyone who uh, listened in live today. Thank you to everyone who will listen later on on Spotify, YouTube, whatever your preferred method of listening to podcasts are. I cannot thank you all so much for all the continued support. Thank you. It means the world to me and all glory be to God. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, Christ Jesus, we come before your throne, Lord. And as sinners, Father God, we are not worthy, Lord, to be in your presence, Lord. We're not even worthy, Lord, to handle the works that you have called us and asked us to handle. But Jesus, it is only through your saving blood. It is only through a life committed to you, Lord, that we are worthy to come before you in prayer and communication with you, Lord. And Father God, I just pray, Lord, over every single listening ear and listening. I pray, Father God, that this shows no light to me, Lord. I pray, Father God, that it is not my name that is looked at, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that this is only to your greater glory. And I pray, Father God, over every listening ear, Lord, that if they don't know you, Lord... I pray, Jesus, that they would come to know you, Lord, right now. I pray, Jesus, that your loving kindness spirit would come over them, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that they would have a life 
submitted to you, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, over all of my Christian brothers and sisters who are listening, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that this episode was able to add clarity, Lord, to division. I pray that wounds were healed through this, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that we would live, Lord, in a devotion to you, Lord, and we would live by the example that your son set for us. And Father God, when we come to you, Lord, and we give our lives and we devote our lives to you and our time and our money to you, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that our faith would be accompanied by works and our works would be accompanied by faith, Father God. I pray, Jesus, all these things in your holy and precious name. For it is through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and the precious blood that Jesus Christ shed for us. Amen.